listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. Now here's your host, the Sly Dog. Hello and welcome to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and joining me today, a man who has written many songs that have filled up my life uh, from 30th Special to Survivor. Uh, please welcome Jim Peterick. Jim, how you doing? I am so good. Good morning. Awesome. It's great to hear your voice. Uh, how are you doing in this, you know, COVID-19 world we're living in right now? Well, uh, you know, it's, it's really a different world, but I, I must say uh, I'm busier than ever. Uh, the, the thing I really miss is, is performing live. I mean, you can't, there's no substitute for the feedback from the crowd, you know. Uh, but that being said, knowing that that's not happening right now, uh, I've been behind the scenes a lot with some of my favorite people uh, writing part two of the Dennis D. Young 26 East album. Uh, he put uh, part one out about three months ago and it was just phenomenal. And I had the pleasure of uh, writing some songs on that record, uh, including, uh, with all due respect, yep. uh, which is a hilarious rocker, you know. Nice. Really, really primal. And, and the hook is, uh, with all due respect, you are an asshole. Uh, and a great song. It, it's, it was, thank you. It's really, really fun. And Run for the Roses, you know, is my personal favorite because I'm a sucker for the big, the big ballad. Uh, every day we run for the roses. Every day we try our best uh, to, you know, make a difference in the world. So it, it's really cool, cool, cool uh, record. And we're working on part two right now. Dennis is on a roll uh, of writing. He's just like uh, on fire. It's, I woke him up about four years ago and I kicked, <laughs> kicked his ass. And now he, you can't shut him off. Uh, I love so it. I love it. Thanks. And then uh, I'm writing with uh, Robert Lamb uh, of Chicago. Oh. Looks like it may turn into a Chicago album. That's um, uh, fingers crossed for that. But we're writing some really uh, strong material. Uh, Working with the Ides of March, of course, getting ready for a potential uh, Christmas show that uh, <laughs> we hope happens. So we're just in, in the planning stage of that. And uh, Christmas is such a great season. And we're, we, we've, we've been mounting this Christmas show for the last, God, 18 years, you know, every nice. year. And it, the tickets immediately sell out. And it, it's just such a, a great, great feeling. Uh, other than that... You know, I'm just continuing to write, um, writing with Brian Wilson and, and uh, Larry Millis, who, uh, you know, is sitting right to my left here. Larry was, uh, he, well, let's just say this. I've known him since third grade. And oh, wow. Not only best friends, but he's been my right hand, uh, you know, co-engineer, -en uh, co-producer, um, you know, ev my everything guy my Swiss army knife of a, of a person. And I'm very, very thankful that, that he's in my life. Uh, Colin Peterick, my son has this great uh, studio called the jam lab that we do a lot of recording there. It's a 4,000 uh, foot, a square foot, uh, space that we do our videos in. And, uh, and Colin's doing great. I'm a grandpa of, of uh, two little, little kids, uh, Colby and, and, uh, Maze, Maisie. And uh, so thanks. So uh, 
life is interesting even amidst this very uh, tenuous uh, time. I'm glad to hear that. And I'm also uh, glad that you brought up uh, Dennis so quickly. That was going to be something I touched on a little later, but uh, let, let's, let's get, let's jump on that real quick. Uh, as, someone is, as someone who's a really big Sticks fan, this record really uh, made my 2020 for sure. And uh, I look forward to volume two. So, um, so, is, so volume two is in the writing process right now. Um, I thought it was already, already finished because I know Dennis has been talking about this like Beatles tribute song he worked on. So, uh, like, so how many songs are, do you think are left for that one? And when do you think that record will see a light of day? Yeah, well, there are a lot, a lot of things finished uh, and recorded and tucked away. But, you know, he wants to, uh, well, he's been writing three extra songs, uh, none of which I have a, a piece of because he's just been on fire. Whatever, whatever makes a great album is, is fine with me. But uh, of the original uh, songs, I think there's about six that are completed right now and about three on the way. So uh, that's the story on uh, Dennis T. Young. Nice, nice. I look forward to that. Uh, let's jump into uh, your most recent release. Let's jump into Pride of Lions, uh, which just came out, Lionheart. Uh, first off, congrats. Uh, I'm really digging this album. This is the first Pride of Lions I've heard, actually. Um, I've been a Survivor fan for a few years now, but uh, I just heard your, this uh, uh, Pride of Lions album for the first time, and I think it's really great. Uh, talk to me about the history of Pride of Lions and meeting Toby Hitchcock. I know it's been a, you guys have been around since 2003. Uh, how did this all come to be? Wow, uh, great story. You know, the Ides of March played uh, Valparaiso, the Popcorn Festival, uh, probably in about 2002. And there was this goofy kid in the front row that came up to me afterwards. He said, I'm Toby Hitchcock. I said, great, so what? <laughs> and he said, well, I'm that singer and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a singer. And I met your niece Kelly at an audition for a Dick Clark uh, pilot. And uh, I said, oh, that's great, man. You know, I bet you're good, good luck, you know. <laughs> and uh, came home after the show and I got this call from my, my niece Kelly and Kelly says, Uncle Jimmy, you know that guy you met uh, you met in <laughs> He's amazing. I just heard him sing at the Dick Clark interview, and, and you got to take him seriously. And no matter what he, he's young, and but take my word for it, he's amazing. And I listen to her because she's a great singer herself and knows talent when she hears it. So I did call him. He, he left his phone number, and we set up a, uh, a session right here where we're sitting, uh, World State Studios. And I had written a song called No Long Goodbyes and uh, as a duet. So I had uh, uh, my niece Kelly and, uh, and Toby sing the duet. And I heard that voice over the speak loudspeakers uh, of Toby. And I'm, I heard echoes of, you know, Dennis D. Young, Tommy Shaw, Jimmy Jameson, all in one voice. You know, uh, it was just incredible. And uh, we, we shook hands. I said, you're my guy, you know, let's, let's do a band. And I came up with the name Pride of Lions. I've been keeping that in my back pocket. If ever I kind of did another rock band uh, on, in the mold of Survivor, which to me, this, this was my original uh, prototype for Survivor where I would share lead vocals with another guy. Uh, so this was my chance to be a singer again. Uh, you know, with Survivor, it was it was always a one singer format, and that's that's fine. That's that was kind of Frankie's vision of the band, but I always missed you know the lead singer um, you know spot. 
uh, and I was always the front man, and I was always the spokesperson. And in Survivor, I was like back here, and I have nothing, no, no gripes about Survivor because it was hugely successful, and uh, it was just a great, great ride. But with Pride of Lines, I decided I want to, uh, I want to see through my original concept of a of a two singer format, where I would take the lower stuff and then hand it over to Toby, and he would. Soar five, five octaves on the chorus, you know, and uh, Serafino and Mario flew in from uh, from Italy to hear Toby, and we rented the studio in Nashville, and we had uh, and we auditioned. Uh, I mean, I didn't have to audition, but he did, and uh, <laughs> we we, uh, we sang a, a new song that's funny. It, it took all these years for the song that we sang for them, Rock and Roll Boomtown, to actually make. An album. Oh wow! Uh, because I couldn't really finish it. You know, I was just hung up on it, and I couldn't write the second verse, and blah blah blah. So that very first song finally made an album, as you know. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's that's incredible, and I I do agree with you. I think you your and Toby's voice blend really well. I've noticed that throughout the album, like it's a natural mix. So that's a great story. I'm glad that kind of like, you know, he, he definitely seems like someone who was a fan that got to, you know, sing with probably one of his favorite songwriters. So that's great. And uh, also I got to give him a shout out because last night I was tooling around on your YouTube channel and I heard him sing Man Against the World with you. And I'd never heard that before. That just blew my hair back because <laughs> that's, such, that's such a big song and he just knocked it out of the park. Like it gave me goosebumps. Oh, man, I get goosebumps. Uh, when I hear that song, whether it's Jimmy singing it uh, or Toby, and very few people can really pull off that song. And uh, kind of a, a newsflash for uh, your, your uh, Zoom interview, uh, uh, Alex, it, mm -hmm. it looks like, and it's not sealed in stone yet, or whatever that term is, but <laughs> it looks like that's going to be the end title of the director's cut of, of Rocky IV. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, contacted by Stallone's people a couple of weeks ago, and Stallone apparently said, uh, you know, that was the song that you and Frankie wrote for Rocky IV, but I couldn't fit it into the, 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 uh, the movie. There was not enough room. And I always regretted that, he said. And apparently this was his chance. This is the director's cut, and, and screw it, we're putting it in at the end, you know. Nice. I think that I said, you know what, this is finally a second chance on one of the, the best power ballads I've ever written. I, I look forward to that. That's great. I always thought that song would have been great for that movie too. <laughs> like that, wow, that's, that's going to be great. I look forward to hearing that. Oh, like Thanks. over the, like seeing it over the visual. Mm -hmm. uh, but back to Pride of Lions for a second. I feel like this is a great record for the world we're living in right now. It's very positive. It's very hooky. It sticks with you. And you could have, held this till the pandemic was over so you could have promoted it better and played live shows but you're you released it now did you think it was important for people to have an album like this in 2020 well said yes yes i did uh you know we could have waited but there's just too much doom and gloom going on right now and one thing we were very aware of when we made the video uh for, for the album we didn't want to be wearing masks and it's not like we're Trumpies or anything like that. It's just that I think the audience has had enough of that vibe. You know, you see the Bon Jovi thing, everybody's in masks and, mm -hmm. and we just wanted to not ignore it, 
but to, to say life goes on, rock and roll lives on. And uh, that was the whole mood. That's why I felt it had to come out now as a little fresh air uh, in this climate. I, yeah, I agree. That was, I didn't see the video yet, but man, I, I got to watch that now. That's going to be great. Yeah, and uh, check it out. It's, uh, it's the Carry Me Back is the video. The lyric video, uh, you should check that out too. That's the opening cut, uh, Lionheart. So nice. two, two things that you, you can check out. Nice. And I'm glad you mentioned Carry Me Back because that was going to be the, I wanted to talk about some of the songs on this record specifically. And Carry Me Back is one of my favorites. It's such a classic melodic rock song that really has that classic Survivor vibe. And uh, talk a bit about that one. It's kind of like a song about reflecting on the past. It is. And, um, you know, it. I didn't really realize it at the time, but it was the most um, reminiscent of Survivor of any song on that record. Uh, kind of harkens back to Vital Signs, which is mm -hmm. my personal favorite uh, Survivor album. Uh, things like High on You, I Can't Hold Back, my personal favorite uh, is I Can't Hold Back. But it was when I was writing it, it wasn't a conscious attempt to do that. It's just who I am. Yeah. And uh, when I came up with, carry me back to the lights of the city. I mean, that's as melodic as I ever get, you know, and, and it's so uh, catchy and so uplifting. Uh, I love that song. It's, it kicks ass. It's a great tune. Uh, another one I wanted to talk about, you already mentioned uh, Rock and Roll Boomtown, which I found very interesting. It's the most progish I've heard you get. It's very grand. It's, and like Carry Me Back, you're kind of reflecting back on the past with that song as well. Uh, was that kind of just a mood you were in when you were writing this record? Were you kind of in a reflective mood? Uh, yeah, I kind of live in, in that world. <laughs> uh, in fact, I'm writing with Robert Lamb right now, as I told you, and he says, why are you always reflecting? You know, <laughs> I, I, and I realized I, so many times I am looking back and, uh, you know, I mean, I have to watch that because <laughs> I like now very much. In fact, there's a song on, on this record called Now, and that's very much in the now. Uh, that's the last track on the album. Very bittersweet. Uh, not, not an obvious single or anything like that, but a I think a really good album closer. I think me and you have like the Jedi mind meld going on right now because that was the next <laughs> song I wanted to ask you about actually. Um, I mean, one of my favorite things like about records, like I feel like you should have a strong opener and a strong closer because it right. keeps you wanting to listen to the record. And Survivor was always very good at that, you know, open with Cotton the Game, close with Santa Ana Wins, open with I Can't Hold Back, close with I See You and Everyone. Like, you know, it just kind of like brings it all full circle. And this song really reminds me of something like a Santa Ana Wins. Uh, so talk a bit about now, because I, I love this one. It's my favorite song on the album. Oh, man. I, mine too. Man, it, talk about a mind meld. Uh, but it's, it's really, really personal. Uh, I was sitting uh, around the fire with, with my wife, uh, who, who I've been married to now for 48 years. Uh, and all of a sudden, I had one of these epiphany moments where I was kind of out of body and going, whoa, this is pretty effing cool, you know? Now as the morning sun, you know, it, it just hit me that this is all we have. This is our finest asset right now. And I don't really want to go back necessarily and live in the past. I don't certainly don't want to worry about the future because there's no, <laughs> that's depressing. <laughs> <you know? laughs> 
so let's cherish this golden moment. And the, the music just flowed. It was crazy. I wrote it in two days. And uh, in, in my mind, I'm going, I can't wait to hear, uh, you know, the, the duet on, on this song. It's just, a, to me, a very bittersweet. And I, and I, I so appreciate uh, Alex, that uh, this is one of your favorites. A very important song for me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's like I said, brings it all home and out there listening. If you're going to go check out, even if you just want to check out one song from this album, I recommend that one. It means so much to me. It's a great track. So I'm glad we, we're on the same uh, page there. Uh, wanted to jump away from the album for a second. Uh, I heard something last night on your YouTube page as well that I really liked. Uh, you released a song called Empty Arena. And you know, I'm missing live music, I'm sure, just as much as you you are. Like, I haven't been to a live show since, like, my last live show was actually Dennis DeYoung in March, and it was a it was a great show. Uh, so talk a bit about Empty Arena. Well, I, um, you know, I really kind of took the mantle. It, it was mid-March, and, we're, and uh, you know, the, the uh, pandemic was just making its debut, if you will. Yeah. And... Uh, and I'm going, holy shit, you know, this is going to be big. This is going to really be a, a, a game changer for the world. And uh, just then uh, on the news, uh, there was a clip of a uh, football game, a pro game, uh, being played for no audience. And and this is before they dubbed the crowd roaring like they do now, <laughs> which is really bogus. But, you know, it kind of adds to things. So they'd be making a great play, and there's crickets, you know, and dead silence. And I go, holy shit. You know, it's really hard to keep your mojo in an empty arena, you know. And, and I, the song, I wrote it in, in two hours and went to the jam lab and recorded it with Larry and, and Colin and just with a, a piano and, and a vocal. And um, it, it's very austere and very beautiful, I think, you know? And it really reflects March of two, 2020 uh, to a T. Yeah. Yeah, it'll kind of forever bookmark that. But yeah, I thought you did a great job with that song. And it, I, I feel that way too sometimes. Like, you know, you see this stuff on TV, it's crazy to see the stuff going on with an empty arena. Like, or some of these live streams I've seen where like the band is just cooking and they finish and it's just crickets. So. Uh, I know, and, and, and just after I wrote it, I saw, um, in fact, it was before I, while I wrote it, um, there was a, a band that did a live stream. Um, gee, I can't remember which band it was, a very uh, prominent band uh, that played to an empty theater. I wish I could remember who it was. Maybe. Oh, was it Dropkick Murphys? No, 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 it wasn't. No, it was more of a rock thing than Dropkick. Okay. But anyway, I'll think of it if I do, but <laughs> the effect was the same, where this, this band set up and played, you know, and I was so impressed that they gave it their all. They rocked it. Um, and, and the Ides have done a few, few shows, you know, mainly parties, uh, you know, 20 people very protected. We did one for Mancow, who's a, a mm. prominent DJ here in Chicago, not a DJ, what, what radio personality is a better word. And a total um, 
nut, you know. And he hired the Ides of March to play his birthday party in a backyard for 20 people. And uh, wow, you know, it was cool. It was cool. We, we pulled it off. We closed our eyes and pretended we were at, you know, Shea Stadium. You know, it didn't matter. <laughs> What? Nice. Uh, big stage at Ravinia. Oh, yeah. We also played uh, the big stage at Ravinia mm. uh, for no people, uh, except, <laughs> except the mayor of the town and the, uh, camera, crew. And the camera crew. And uh, that was uh, played so many times on the Ravinia website. It's still there, by the way. Ravinia being the great Northside uh, concert uh, venue. Nice. Awesome. And I'm glad you got to flex your live muscles. That's good that you got to do that, at least in some capacity this year. So awesome. And speaking of Ides of March, this was a great record that came out last year, uh, Play On. Um, this was also, this was my first Ides of, Ides of March full album, my new vehicle. Uh, but this was the first full one I heard. Um, it's really good. Uh, talk a bit about this one. It's a 55th anniversary album. So talk a bit about uh, Play On. Well, we knew we had to make a great album. And... Um... We uh, hired a, a producer that we've esteemed for many, many years, Fred Mullen, who uh, I guess most noted for his work with Jimmy Webb. He did all the Jimmy Webb albums from 1975 to the present. And uh, he lives in Nashville, he's from Canada. But I became friends with him when out, I still go to Nashville, well, not lately, but uh, you know, I'm kind of, kind of a fixture in Nashville. I mean, as a as a musician, as a songwriter, if you don't go to Nashville once in a while and, and write with some of the greats there and perform at the clubs and Tin Pan South, you're missing out on a lot, a lot of fun, a lot of opportunity. And uh, so every time I'd go to Nashville, I would have uh, dinner with Fred Mullen. And he said, someday you've got to let me produce the Ides of March. Paul Schaefer and I, to, to, us, to me and Paul Schaefer, the Ides of March are the greatest band of all time. And I remember playing uh, uh, Toronto back in 1970, and there was a kid in the audience. I didn't meet him at the time, but I heard later it was Paul Schaefer, who was probably about 18. And uh, he became a, just an enormous fan of ours. But so that's kind of the story. Nice. Nice. Yeah, the record came out great. And uh, I think it's a great you know, celebration of that music. And there's a song on there, uh, Love or Something Like It with Bo Bice. Like that song really like has that classic eyes of March five. So I think you pulled that off great. Uh, well, thank you. You, you know, um, it was a labor of love and, you know, we played live. I mean, there's no, uh, no cheating on this album. You know, we <laughs> played live in, in the studio at the jam lab and uh, a couple of guests besides Bo Bice, who was one of my favorite people and just a fantastic singer. We okay. co-wrote that song by the way. And uh, Mark Farner, who and this wasn't done you know, long distance. Mark Farner flew into Chicago. We wrote the song uh, called Swagger, which is a, a real trip and a video that maybe yep. take a look at. But Farner is a, a Michigan uh, mafia great. And, uh, you know, uh, the Ides of March used to tour with, with Grand Funk back when, when Vehicle was, was uh, high on the charts and we'd play these pop festivals and there was this, <laughs> this this god you know with his fringe and his his long hair and rocking it with this crazy looking guitar uh he was one of my heroes and here i am 
in the studio and, and we're recording Swagger with him. Uh, quite, quite a thrill uh, to, to be playing with Mark Farner of Grand Funk. And then the other guest, I can't say enough about Kathy Richardson of Jefferson Starship. Oh, she's great. She's Isn't great. she amazing? Uh, and of course the song is... Um, um, uh, um, what's the song? Uh, Blue, Blue Storm. Blue Storm Rising. Blue Storm Rising. Blue Storm Rising. Uh, thank you. So many songs, so little time. Yeah. Uh, but she just knocked it out of the park. And uh, that's, that's one of my favorite songs on this record. And, and a big live song that we were playing, of course, before the pandemic, we were playing a number of songs on Play On, uh, nice. including the title cut Play On, which is a wonderful kind of a mini epic. Um, love that song. So we're very proud of this record. And we're treating it like a new release, um, you know, next year, because it didn't get its, its yeah. chance. You yeah, know? Yeah, I wanted to bring it up because of that, because I thought it came out late last year, and because of everything that happened, like it didn't quite get the push maybe it deserved. So I'm glad I'm glad we got to talk about that. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, one thing you've written a lot of over the years is power ballads, and just as much as I love rockers, uh, I have a big soft spot for power ballads, <laughs> and you actually co-wrote one of my favorites, which is "Just for You" by REO. You co-wrote it with Kevin Cronin, and uh, you redid it last year on Jim Peterick's World Stage album. So talk a bit about that song. Uh, it's just been one of my favorites ever since I was a little kid. I remember hearing it on the best of REO CD I had. So talk a bit about that one. Yeah, it was on the ballads. Um, well, Kevin and Kevin and I go back uh, a million years to the prehistoric days of Chicago, <laughs> Chicago rock. And uh, it's really funny because he was head of student council at uh, Oakland High School, and he hired the Ides of March to play their 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 fall dance oh wow and, and i mean he was just this nerdy guy uh, you know he, hey it's he was a musician we're all nerds uh and uh he loved you wouldn't listen by the ides of march and he uh told the student council we've got to get the ides of march for our big dance and we did and that's where i i met met cronin and we've been fast friends ever since and of course ario was you know catapulting up the charts while Survivor was, was starting to, uh, to make it as well. And we, all, we never lost touch and we were always best of friends. And then when, uh, when they were gonna make this uh, new album, I actually flew to LA and uh, it was in his old, old house, which is this mansion, this really cool rustic mansion, which he no longer lives in. He wanted to stay there, but his wife wanted this modern house, long story anyway. <laughs> So they had this old grand piano, and I just started, you know, that verse. This yeah. is just for you. And, and it was like, you know, it, it, I was living my Lennon-McCartney fantasies because I would sing a line, he would sing a line, and before you know it, we had this power ballad, uh, and that, that chorus is just... Uh, incredible and uh, I, I I love that song thank thanks for bringing it up yeah it's so it's so grand on the original and then I think on the new one last year I think you stripped the song down and made it more vulnerable so I feel like there's two great versions of the song yeah it is and and what nobody knows which I'll tell you is that was the original demo that I oh. put on that world stage album yeah 
<laughs> and uh, I got I got his permission. And Kevin goes, J -j 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 Jimmy, uh, you know, I still like that demo better than the, than the final. <laughs> and I said, well, dude, you're going to get your wish because I'm putting it on my album. And he was so, so happy. Awesome. That's great. That's great. I would have never noticed the demo because Kevin, man, he still sounds just as great as he did back in the day when you hear him sing now. Oh, my God. He's so good. No, no time has passed with Kevin Cronin. Yeah, it really is amazing. Um, I also wanted to touch on, so uh, Scott sent me a list of like kind of like your history and stuff you've done over the years. And I actually learned something I didn't know and you kind of brought it up earlier. You've written with Brian Wilson and are continuing to write with Brian Wilson which must be incredible because, you know, I'm sure that's music you grew up with, the Beach Boys. So talk a bit about writing with him. You know, I know you did wrote a, wrote a song called Dream Angel, and then you did some stuff on That's Why God Made the Radio. Like, how did that all come about? Like, how did you get mixed up in the world of Brian Wilson? Mixed up, I like that. Uh, well, we're, we're really blessed to be working with him. He's been Larry and my hero since the Beach Boys. I mean, all the eyes, just re it was the Beatles, it was the Beach Boys is Backrack and David, the three three B's of uh, great music. And uh, we used to go and buy our tickets at the, to the Airy Crown and sit in the first row to watch the Beach Boys. So when Joe Thomas, their producer, called Larry and I and said, you won't believe this, I'm producing the new uh, Brian Wilson album. Uh, this was back in, like, right before Dream, uh, Dream Angel. Like 98? Uh, 98 was when we started it. And we thought we were we had died and gone to heaven. And we got together with Brian and you know at the piano, and it was it was a surreal kind of an experience to be sitting with with one of my heroes, and he's you know singing a line and I'm singing a line and he's playing a chord and I go try this chord you know, and uh, it was just incredible. And uh, but the real payoff was probably in, in around 2007. Uh, Brian came to town and we had dinner, Larry, myself, Joe Thomas, and, uh, and Brian Wilson. And uh, the talk was about a Beach Boy reunion. And, uh, and I said, wow, that'll never happen, you know. <laughs> but Joe Thomas was determined to bring the original Beach Boys back together. And when that finally came together, uh, Joe said, what about that song that we wrote a few years ago called That's Why God Made the Radio? And I said, it's one of my favorite songs. And they revisited it and, and cut a new track on it with everybody, you know, Mike Love and Al Jardine. It was truly a, a come together of all the greats from that band. Bruce Johnson was on it and, you know, and that song came out and there was a pledge drive uh, on, on the, uh, what was that a channel? Not a pledge, but they sold 20,000 uh, uh, albums, so that's why I got oh, wow. the radio well, we it, yeah. in, in, a, in a half hour. Shopping a shopping, home shopping network, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we go, we, we've got a big song here. And uh, we went to see uh, the Beach Boys at Chicago Theater. And I'm sitting with my son, Colin, and my wife, Karen. And they come on and they do, that's why God made the radio. And I had goosebumps all over. And Colin turned to me and said, he said, Dad, that's, this has got to be a pretty big moment for you. I said, yeah, this is like <laughs> big, the biggest dude, man. So uh, that was a real thrill. And, and now we're actually just starting a, a new record. And uh, it's very exciting. Awesome. I look forward to hearing whatever the record like kind of becomes. I'm excited to hear that. I've got two more questions for you, if you don't mind. 
Sure. Um, one more thing on the World Stage album. Uh, I was revisiting it yesterday, and one song that really blew me away all over again was uh, Love You All Over with Jimmy Jameson. Uh, you know, rest in peace. Uh, where, did, where was that song from, like, originally? Like, that must have been something, like, you just, like, kind of had sitting around, like, the demo for Just For You. But uh, where, where was this from? Like, what made you think this was the right time to finally put that song out in the world? Well, I always, it was one of my favorites, Love You All Over the World. And I just thought it's a terrific, terrific song. Um, and uh, it never got its day. You know, we were working on a new Jimmy Jameson album when he passed away. And that was going to be completed and put out. Uh, but we wanted to give it a second chance. And uh, so I got permission from, you know, his, his heirs, his daughter and, and his, his wife. And... Um, they said, yeah, whatever good we can do, we love that song. And we retooled it because uh, it wasn't, it was a little, it was a little countrified because Jimmy wanted to do a country album. And not, not twangy country, but new country, which yeah. is basically rock and roll with pedal steel and, and, uh, and fiddle. <laughs> yep. But, uh, you know, we gave that song a second chance, no, no pun intended. Uh, and, uh, I'm just so glad we did that song. I get goosebumps when I hear Jimmy sing that chorus, which is just one of my favorite choruses of all time. It's a, yeah, it's a great song. Love it. And uh, to bring it all home, first of all, let me just say thank you. You've been very gracious with your time. This has been incredible. And uh, I can't wait to hear, you know, like you keep creating and creating and creating. And I love that. Like you keep putting new music in the world. And I appreciate that. So. Thank you. To bring it all home, uh, I traditionally like to ask at the end, because I like to end on a lighthearted note, uh, tour stories. Do you have any great, like, funny stories from touring with Survivor back in the 80s? Wow. Um, I, you know, probably my, my favorite story is the last, the last date of the uh, Survivor REO tour. <laughs> and, I mean, those, that, those times were crazy. I was not a party guy, but... Uh, Every night after the show, Kevin would rent like a suite, and whether it was on the first floor or the top floor, it was called the dungeon. Uh, and in, at the dungeon, a lot of very strange things happened. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily into the strange things happening, but they were having a great time. And I was I was working on the next Survivor album. That's what I did to unwind, you know. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, the last show of that tour, uh, we're doing our big hit, Eye of the Tiger, and uh, we're just rocking it, and we're feeling, like, really great about it, and the audience is standing, and they're clapping, and all of a sudden, all these people from backstage come onto stage, and they're just... <laughs> They're dressed in rubber masks. They, they look like hookers. They look like <laughs> they look like pimps. They look like it's all REO dressed in these rubber outfits. And, and this one hooker type comes up to me and starts stroking my, my face and hugging me. And I'm going, I'm trying to sing my song, you know. But suddenly, finally, we got into into the uh, the uh, spirit of it. And they take off their masks and, and uh, their outfits and there's REO Speedway. So that was probably my favorite memory of all. <laughs> That's incredible. I love that story. That's great. Uh, well, Jim, thanks again. I really appreciate this. 
uh, you've been very gracious with your time. So uh, just one last thing to bring it all home. Uh, Tell people where they can find you online, Facebook, uh, like where's the best place to like know everything that's going on in the world? Uh, Jim Peter. Facebook is great. Um, What what is it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't go there. I just contribute there. Uh, The Jim Peter Facebook page. Uh, Okay. You can't miss it. Uh, TheIdesOfMarch.com uh, and of course, uh, what's my uh, JimPeterick.com, which is, uh, you know, my website. And uh, yeah, I, all you wanted to know, hopefully we'll be there, the, the schedule and all the shows that we're not playing and it's going to be great. But uh, <laughs> it's a virtual uh, website. It's yeah. been a pleasure, uh, Sly Dog, because thank you. Uh, you're very knowledgeable and very, um, you know, it, I, I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. I hope someday, someday I would love to do like a long extended, like, you know, start like the very beginning of Ides of March and work to present someday. I'd love to do an interview like that. So maybe we can make that happen someday. Well, I'll keep that in mind because you'd be the guy to do it. Awesome. All, All right. right. Rock, on. Rock on, man. All Talk right. to you later. All right. Take care. Peace. Bye. Peace. It was so long ago He had just a blink of an eye You wore that certain smile That tempted me to stop
Thank you for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.